welcome to Screen Tone Club, episode 15. Um, well, strictly season two, episode one, um, being recorded on the 6th of January 2019 for release on the 8th of January 2019. We survived the holiday break. Um, I ate an awful lot of miniature Chinese chocolates in far too much wrapping and am now slightly regretting it as my trousers suddenly seem to be um, smaller. Yes, that's it. They shrunk in the wash. That's what happened. Um, I'm Elliot Page and joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, yeah, it is 2019. We're, we're still alive, so uh, I'll, I'll take that as a, as a bonus. But yeah, much much like you, I'm currently, I was talking to somebody about this the other day where I just kind of got back from like being with family at Christmas and just realized like, I just feel really fat now. Like I need to start being set, less sedentary and moving around again because it's kind of been a couple of weeks of just sitting, just like chomping on things or drinking things. And uh, that needs to stop. <laughs> Yeah, it's real wild. Like even when what you do is like, you know, walk to get a bus or walk after the leaving the bus to go home. It's like, oh, that's actually like exercise in some regard. And just sitting here, don't do much. So yeah, it's real, real wild. Um, but yeah, it's. But we're back. Um, we have been doing important things while sitting down, like reading manga. Quite frankly, this is your fortnight look at manga. We'll focus on joint discussion. Um, we're going to announce our series at the end, as per usual. Um, if you would like, and if you so enjoy, you can support us on Patreon from $1 a month. Um, we thank you everyone who already has. It's putting the, keeping the lights on in terms of the podcast. And we're getting some great um, suggestions in our monthly, for our bo- monthly bonus episodes, which you can vote for if you um, pony up $3 or more a month. Um, we're getting some really fascinating trends in the voting because people will kind of go hard on a series and then taper off assuming that it's now safe and will then start laying the seeds of a different series which is also why the document we use to track the voting is a complete nightmare because everyone keeps changing their minds which is not why i expected but is welcome because now we have quite an interesting buffet of stuff that might be thrown our way um someone has of course started off the new year correctly by trying to foist another light novel onto us <laughs> so we shall see um uh, in this case i've already bought it so whatever (laughs) not really a problem but yes that's um that um again thank you to everyone who has been listening we've just put up our newest bonus episode on mao yu which has had some rather spirited discussion about it which is quite interesting frankly um so yeah more on that so first and foremost um getting back into the swing of things for 2019 it's returning champions um so as mentioned previously um shonen jump has now adjusted its structure from instead of being a monthly a weekly um, subscription magazine it's now basically a subscription as is um and so andy and i having been both chomping at the bit and basically um whacked by friends who have wooden sticks we have caught up on promised neverland um i caught up on the whole of it as is currently available over the course of like two or three days on my phone and you andy have you caught the entire way up yep yep i'm up to the latest chapter which i think is is 171 or 117 i forget the number but at some, yeah. point, at some point the numbers stopped making sense in, frankly. In, in, indeed yeah but yeah i did likewise i i caught up with most of it over the course of a couple of days and then i kind of had a, a bit of a, a break as i had stuff going on and then kind of finished off just before christmas so yeah i'm now kind of uh loading up the app every day is like where's my new chapter i, I need i need more give me more <laughs> 
See, I'm I'm taking a different tactic where I am instead conveniently giving myself amnesia, um, not in the like whack myself with a frying pan method, but just that I am forgetful, and so I've been forgetting like on a two weekly basis, and I go, and then I suddenly go, oh yeah, Promise Neverland, and then there's like a chapter or two ready for me, and I'm like, yay, presents, um, disgusting, horrible, slightly scary presents for my lovely, beautiful children. Um, so yeah, that continues to be a good series. Um, I I say this every time, so apologies to Andy and everyone who listens. But again, whenever Promised Neverland undergoes a transition, I enter a state of, uh, not so sure about this. I hope you can pull this off. And there's been a few transitions in the like, God, hundred or so chapters we've read as part of the show and jump catch up to get us completely up to date, um, including the weird Battle Royale Fortnite area thing um <laughs> that's the easiest way i can put it frankly the internet has ruined me um and but there's a few cases where stuff starts changing stuff occurs like off camera as it were stakes change and shift and i'm really interested in seeing where it's all leading to and as i say every single time it transitions i'm like oh not so sure and then it kind of pulls through and shows me what it's doing and how it's doing it and you know the scope of characters is starting to expand beyond just emma and ray um there is a revelation at one point that i think i dm'd you when i saw it andy and kind of lost my shit i think i did if i didn't i should have um but there is a revelation at one point which made me like almost throw my tablet and remember i probably shouldn't because it was expensive so yeah i'm really enjoying it i hear on the grapevine from the manga sort of illuminati that apparently like the author is starting to gear up towards an actual ending which Sounds weird for me, but like I'm kind of interested in and happy about because I'd rather this series end on a high note than go into the Bleach 700 chapter like long death march. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry to you, Andy. I I compliment. Uh, yeah, I I think that I think yeah I I'd heard likewise that it was kind of uh, ramping up towards its ending, and I think that makes sense. Like looking at where it is now, like there's very definitely kind of an end goal in sight and you know it's maybe sort of like a few steps removed but you can kind of see the outline of where things should go ideally and you know i'm sure there will be some some twists and turns and curveballs along the way but you can kind of see like what's what's mapped out in front of the characters so yeah i'd, I'd kind of rather that than trying to kind of drag it out and overly elongate it because i can't really think of any manga that that has ever served in good stead um but yeah i think the interesting thing for me and i I think partly from burning through catching up on it all in such short order is at some point i stopped being scared of the transitions in the story and Mm. just like started accepting them all as like yeah you've nailed it every single time you've done this so far so i'm kind of like interesting the author to this entirely now like whenever the, the the whenever things shift whenever there's a gear change it's like you know I, I i'm here i'm along for the ride i trust you to kind of make this work and you know i think that has served me in good stead thus far because as you say like you know without delving into spoilers all we can really say is it continues to be really great and i mean the, the impressive thing is you know having already spoken about this series so many times and kind of like pinpointed volumes or parts of volumes that are kind of really stand out amongst the best things we've read it continues to like give us more of those moments like I've certainly had numerous additional moments you know in these kind of catch-up chapters where I've been like that was just fantastic like that was just absolutely rip-roaringly amazing and nigh on perfect and I just like absolutely loved every moment of the last however many minutes I spent reading those chapters 
and like the fact that it continues to to do that over and over like you know again there are very few series that manage to kind of consistently pull that off especially when you, you already have kind of lofty expectations of a series because it's been doing such good stuff and it still manages to kind of uh, match and exceed them on a regularly a relatively regular basis yeah i feel like the, the important to add to that i feel like one important thing of the series is like we've been reading it for like nearly 200 chapters and you know you can kind of see the tool set it's working with and it's not that it just and the main thing i find fascinating is again even with all my complaints my not my complaints sorry my sort of self-inflicted qualms whenever it transitions it's more the fact that it learn it's learned well how to apply its tools its storytelling tools in many different ways so instead of it just going I don't know, sod it, they're espers now, you know, which categorically does not happen. So feel relieved, feel relieved about that. But it's more the fact that they know how to apply the same tools in different ways. And that way it makes the tension much more interesting where it's like, instead of someone pulling something out their bum, it's like, ah, but what if we do X, Y, Z? And it's reapplying existing skill sets, you know, in the characters or in the world. And it's like, ah, okay. Like you've clearly taken a holistic 360 view of all this and also like the one thing as i say with you know it possibly ramping towards an end is that like the world has a certain shape and structure which is quite pivotal to the character's plight and so the ending is going to be one of them rather than i don't know world revolution because that's going to be really unlikely frankly um but yeah it's it's at the very least it's really fascinating in the way it just reapplies itself and just all the characters and the constant tension and the the art as well like let's not forget about that the art of just real crazy motion and like i feel like it's a series that really does the whole like skewed perspective really well without it just being like bland and then like sometimes you'll see that like the whole like we drew this content panel and then we gave it a dutch angle instead it's like okay no we're gonna twist this we're gonna rearrange this so you can see everything you need to and this character's running into forward towards you in the frame and that sort of stuff is really powerful and unsurprisingly given that they're escaping from enemies there's a lot of running so important that it provides that kind of momentum yeah it's also really good at kind of uh progressing and growing those characters visually as well as in terms of their actual characters like you know obviously time progresses throughout this series and you also kind of see that the look of the characters change dependent on their circumstances and kind of as they're just simply growing older and stuff like that like it does all of that really well in a, in a way that is both appealing and is also very good as a kind of instant visual reference of like okay this is where we're at now you know this is kind of the 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 state of of you know where these characters are and you know so on and so forth so i think that that really works as well um and i think i think in terms of like you say kind of reapplying that same tool set like this is a really good kind of study in how you can do that by simply creating really good characters to bounce the main cast off of because i can, mm. again i think you know, talking about Bleach is probably a good example. Like you start out with really good antagonists and, you know, and, and kind of characters that the, the main cast find themselves pitted against, you know, and or working alongside. And at some point, Bleach kind of lost the knack of making good characters to, to work alongside the characters you already knew. And they kind of got more and more dull, to be quite honest. Whereas Promised Neverland, again, every time it shifts things up and you end up meeting a new group of characters, like, they are always so strong in terms of kind of, you know, 
bouncing off of the existing characters or kind of, you know, working alongside them or, or kind of giving them different challenges to, to, to you know, pit themselves against. Mm. And that's kind of like, to me, is, is such an important part of that is because, again, I, I think there are so many series where I could kind of break the, the series down like phase by phase and say like, ah, well, this bit was less good because I didn't like these characters. Whereas Promise Neverland, like every single time it changes up its cast, like I find all of the individuals within it fascinating in some shape or form. Like there's always yeah. something to them, some meat and some depth and some, you know, kind of personality traits that are just like, oh, you know, I, I really want to see more about what this character does and how that relates to the main cast and, and kind of, you know, where they end up. Yeah, I think the important thing, especially around the characters, is they all have like a defined, clear origin that defines them and propels them. Like, especially, you know, the human characters who are, you know, they should not exist in the world and space of which that the characters operate. And so they don't just appear and go, hi, I'm another person. I'm like this person, but with a different hairstyle and some different teeth. Like, it's more the fact of like, oh, hey, I, this and this happened to me. This continues to happen to me. We are, we have agreement in our plight, you know, stuff like that. And even like some of the adversaries, like real fascinating stuff that is kind of like the adversaries, you know, are, are fascinating in their own right because of their, there's a lot of weird stuff that I can't really articulate too well without delving into spoilers. So I won't, but there's a lot of interesting adversaries in this, like both. There is both a face given adversary, like individual adversaries, like people and seen and unknown who are problems, but also the fact that the world itself is an adversary to the cast and like it is unfeeling and does not care what you think and will quite happily gut you and eat your noggin. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of stuff that really matters. Whereas again, not to dunk on it too much, but Bleach was a constant problem of like, hmm, I'm out of ideas what to do with these characters. So let's add 16 more. And they all have the same family of powers and they all have different like weird accoutrement, but they're all kind of the same thing and they're irrelevant. And it, well, yeah, that was always really frustrating with Bleach. Another sort of show is like Claymore, love it dearly. Far too many lasses who look exactly the same until they... <laughs> Until they turn evil, at which point it gets way more interesting because now they look different. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is. It is the, the problem of, of so many kind of shonen series in general. Like you know, I think uh, some some series manage to get get away with it by just kind of going down like the Dragon Ball route of you can just keep ramping up powers and just getting to more and more ridiculous bombastic levels. Something like Promise Neverland can't do that. It's got to play smart, and it's it's really good to see that it has managed to continue to do that from beginning to end so far yeah but yeah i'm still very much on board um if you if you don't have a subscription to shonen jump i would recommend it given it's like two pounds a month two dollars a month and then you can read the whole thing um if you want it's real wild um it's it's it, yeah it's kind of crazy like i read through i burned through the whole thing i went damn this was already well worth it <laughs> so yeah yeah i i always say for like i've got kind of like a year's worth of subscription out of it in in a few days and like you know there, there are there are things i can i can nitpick about the app and there are plenty of quality there are plenty of, like, of things, things i can nitpick about the app because it sucks <laughs> but but, it, yeah. but, it, but they are having to structure i mean like uh, not to be mean i'm not, not being mean but my, it's more the fact that they're taking an existing app and shoehorning a new content structure into it and it's not quite working as a result but there's more work to be done. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it, it is functional off of the bat is kind of like the, the, the main thing. It's like I can I can use it, I can do what I need to do. I, I just wish it made doing some of that a somewhat easier. Yeah, if it simply just had a you have read this chapter feature, that would be all I need. Like the rest yeah. of it is kind of gravy from there. Indeed. 
at least it doesn't do what, what um, Crunchyroll does and show you old pages. Like it was so refreshing to read a ma- and read a manga in a subscription service that didn't keep doing that. <laughs> yes, there, there we, is that. Especially with one as tense as Promised Neverland. Holy moly! I would probably <laughs> I'd probably get really angry and punch something. So yeah, that's Promised Neverland. Um, still good as it turns out. Highly recommended by us at ScreenTone.club. So, moving on to, well, other manga, um, stuff we read for this um, episode. So, first and foremost, if you don't mind, is my pick. Um, kind of a shot in the dark, but it looked interesting and I bought a volume of it, so hey. Um, that would be um, Kiss Me at the Stroke of Midnight by Rin Mikimoto, who has done a lot of other shoujo, um, appears to be quite storied and a bit of a grandee in the shoujo world. It's being published by Kadansha, as, her, as have her other works. Um, it's currently ongoing. This is her latest work. It's currently up to nine volumes in Japan and is has eight published in English. I got it digitally on Bookwalker, unsurprisingly. And it's kind of it's it's a very very it's a standard shoujo. Like it's a standard shoujo romance series. You have the main character who's introduced very quickly. She is an inhuman like hybrid vampire because she gets up at 5am for some bastard reason who the fuck gets up at 5am this girl apparently um she's hella perfect um although still humble um but she is both the class president and on the student council and her friends look up to her as being very mature yada 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 perfect girl lives some hilarious affluent upper middle class life her parents never around because they're working at a restaurant they own again up affluent um, but that also means they're never around. Hooray. Although they're, you know, there's no strife. They're all kind of a happy family, yada, yada. Um, and her basic secret, her dark secret is, turns out she likes hot boys. Like, whoop-de-doo. It's kind of, when they announced that, I was like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, you're, using yeah. this, you're using this as your tension hook? What? So, yeah, yeah. I, I was geared up for so many different things. Like my mind was in a kind of his and her circumstances mode of like, yeah, what what, what is your secret? I, are you actually really? Do you want to be a slob? And it's like, no, I like I like good looking guys. It's like, oh, so, yeah. Yeah, ne- never in the history of of womankind has this ever been that's ever been known. Yeah, it's kind of wild as well because she's like, oh, you know, I I don't really like stalked or anything. I just like hot boys, and it's like, yeah fine and she has like she clearly has she's clearly nerd nerdy any or, or has a more sort of nerdy pre- workshop about it because she has like rankings she keeps and she researches all of this and you know she's very like scholastic and how she goes about it and prosecutes this it's really funny like where her like standard shoujo best friend female best friend and standard shoujo male friend you know osan and ajimi um couple like pair who are just there like expositing at her saying oh as you mentioned before you're not interested in relationships right now it's like what the hell is this on page five <laughs> so it's very genre tastic it's very strict the author herself in her page one my author's note is like hey i thought i'd take it up a notch and try out the boyfriend is a superstar trope how's that and it's like well okay fair enough it's it's real wild how easily it lampshades it right from the get-go and and also the first chapter is like 100 pages it's wild um anyway so she there's a, there's a hot boy who used to be an idol and is now branching out into acting went solo used to be part of an idol group there's some bad blood and he comes to school to star in a drama and he and the girl and the girl and her friends and some other friends are drafted in as extras and through shenanigans she finds out that he has a butt fetish um which is a thing um she runs into him a few times um they meet at a cinema and they kind of start like being like you know 
they just kind of accidentally keep coming together and um he kind of takes a weird shine to her um in a slightly sort of aloof un- unknowable kind of way and then he ghosts her um by accident and by the end of the first volume it's kind of all come back together and she's at his place she's been introduced to this mysterious woman scarlet which is a i actually found quite funny as a comedic <laughs> note and it ends with just like oh okay i guess we're kind of hanging out you know it's not like you know bam again you know cabbed on against the wall something 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 sexual violence threat um thank god um but it kind of goes from there it's a case where the main character the main sort of male character the um previously mentioned pretty boy actor is clearly haunted by something that happened in his recent past with his friends and you know he has some bad rep and he's clearly like and he has a thing for the butts but he kind of just revels in it which i kind of actually found quite amusing and kind of humanizing is he's just like yeah it's me i like this thing deal so he's and he's kind of an enigma still he's a bit sort of like aloof slash closed off slash keeping his lips shut about it unable to open up sort of thing so at the end of the first volume we've kind of ended up with they're not in a relationship they're just kind of hanging out and you know the author herself has said oh it's kind of like a cinderella story so you can kind of knowing tropes and the setup you can kind of see where it's gonna maybe go from here it's already had one or two misunderstandings in quotes so there's that but I kind of enjoyed it, honestly. It was kind of a nice little romp. I'm maybe not going to rush to buy the next volume, but I'm certainly on the hook to like take another look at it another time. Um, sorry, Andy, I went full pelt there. How about you? Did you <laughs> like it at all? Um, it was fine. Like it was yeah. kind of you know looking at it again, like you say, it kind of sets out its stall even in the forward from the author of like, hey, this is what this is about. So I kind of. I had my expectations of it and my expectations were neither kind of exceeded nor dashed on the rocks. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And yeah. yeah, like it was, it was fine. It was pleasant enough. Like Hinana, the main character is, is kind of likable enough. She's kind of like, you know, earnest enough and kind of goofy enough at times in just the right ways. Um, you know, she, she works well as a protagonist. Um, like I say, it, it never goes too kind of full bore into some of the more kind of uh, troublesome shoujo tropes, but it, there are like one or two places where it just skirts around it. Like there's a point late on in the volume where like Kaido basically kind of says to like, oh, you belong to me now. And it's like, whoa, oh, yeah. you, you, you guys have like not, <laughs> you know, she's literally just come around your house once. That's not how that works. Like you should probably knock it off, which, which was a weird moment as well, because it kind of felt out of character for him. Yeah, especially for him, especially for him, given how much he's tried to keep away from people. And yeah. So, so legitimately, I have like between like page eighty and page seven hundred and seventy-five, I have no notes because it was just generic romance, you know, sort of accidents, blah blah misunderstandings. And then, like towards the end of the volume, it's just you're mine now. Why do you hang out with that other boy who is your friend? And it's like, whoa whoa where'd that come from yeah yeah it, it is so weird for a character because he like you say you know he there's a point where he has like a, a tv interview that you see where he's just like yeah like i don't really have many friends that i kind of hang out with you know he's kind of he's actually outside of being the kind of actor pop star is is pretty much kind of keeps himself to himself and it, it just feels really out of character that he suddenly kind of goes goes off on that one for you know like a panel or two it, it just feels like a completely different character has been kind of shoehorned in there uh but thankfully that's kind of the the only moment there you know i mean he's, he's kind of being a little lecherous about butts and panties is you know it is what it is and like you say at times it actually kind of plays that in in a kind of amusing way 
uh, that, that kind of you know wins you over a little bit on it. But yeah, I mean it's kind of it's kind of vacuous, but okay as, as a bit of kind of throwaway entertainment was kind of my my take on it. Um, I did I did really like the artwork though. Like, yes. It kind of, yeah. It kind of struck me that, and again, like the, the afterward to this volume from the author kind of talks about how sort of the gestation of this came from one of her previous works being made into a TV drama. And so she was kind of on set and kind of like, you know, saw how all of that stuff worked and the, the various dynamics and stuff. And it kind of struck me that the the artwork for this looks very much like a TV drama. It's all very clean. It's all very bright. Everybody is incredibly attractive. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like you're actually reading kind of a page by page of a particularly particularly like a Japanese TV drama. Yeah, people are people are pretty. They're well they're well struck. They're well made up. Um, part of it also is that whenever it does dip into like manga expressions, quote unquote. You notice it. There's a lot of good sort of deadpan moments with the main character and with Kaede where it's like they make a pull a face and, you know, it's kind of like it's funny in its own way. Right. Because they're pulling a funny face, but also sometimes they look like, you know, sort of gag manga protagonist face. And it works really well. It's like, oh, whoop. But as you say, like, you know, the characters, you know, the art, I really like the art. Like there's a real weird duck, like duck pout gag early on, which I really enjoyed. Um, but also like people you know, people are well-dressed and look attractive and their faces are all perfectly well-structured. Like, there's no weird sort of, like, pointy chin slash shoujo-ification. You know, people look real, um, which, you know, it kind of helps. Also, hilariously, hilarious Nozaki-kun-style combinations of screen tone use where I just, I can't help but glom onto it whenever I see it because it just makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it's not completely covering all the pages, so thank God for that. But no, I really like the art, like especially like I say, especially because you know characters' faces get a lot of screen time, um, just reactions and such, and people welling up with tears and all that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of like I don't really have a, a lot else to to dig deep in on on that one. It's very yeah. much a piece of like if, if you just if you like shoujo stuff and you kind of want something that's a bit throwaway and kind of doesn't delve into some of the kind of more more troublesome ends of of like what those kind of stories can entail, like from the first volume save for those few panels it seems to, to be to be pretty solid yeah it's it, one thing i like about it like you know it is very standard but also at the same time it's not histrionic you know that's what i that's what i enjoyed about it is it isn't it's both not like taking risks but also it's not doing stupid stuff for the hell of it at least yet like we who knows volume two might be nuclear warheads a go-go um <laughs> hope not but no, it, it seems like a very, so far I quite enjoyed it because it was, it is just a straightforward, earnest romance. So, you know, no one's even half cat girl. What the fuck? Like, why even bother? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting. It makes me interested to go back and look, because looking back at some, I looked at the, some of the author's other works, at least the covers, and it's like, oh, this looks way more manga-ish, as it were, in terms of the art. And as you say, like, the author taking some um, uh, cues from, you know, a drama makes it look a lot more human so yeah i don't know i quite liked it i recommend taking a little look at it if you're so interested um at the very least i'm interested to see what happens from here so i probably will i probably just talk myself into buying another volume so well done elliot hmm. yeah um, yeah I'll, I'll, be, I'll be curious to hear how it's uh how it progresses because uh yeah like again it, it feels it feels like it's got to change something and kind of move the goalpost somewhat because it, it seems like it, it can't really do a whole lot with where it's at at the end of the first volume so i imagine something's gonna happen there well the, 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 yeah they end the volume with a weird reveal which is not really a reveal of any kind of anything dangerous but there's there's a lot of undergirding like underboiling sort of discontent about 
how he left his previous boy band and so i'm sure that'll come into like relief at some point so we shall see um but who knows it's got to be it's got to have something to go on for nine volumes good grief you know <laughs> so it can't all be bizarre puppy but related nonsense <laughs> dear me but yeah that's um kiss me at the stroke of midnight um available now um so uh the more interesting perhaps pick um is yours andy uh take it away yeah it sure was an interesting pick um yeah yes. so uh so yeah my choice is is a a, a single volume uh series uh caterpillar girl and bad texter boy uh which is a kind of I was kind of looking around for, for something to, to talk about on this show, and it kind of, between its, its cover art and its title and its basic premise, it's like, eh, this is either going to be an absolute disaster or it's going to be something really interesting. So let's roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, at the uh, very least, the synopsis is very good. So. Yes, it is indeed. And so um, this story is the tale of uh, a girl called uh, Suzume Kikuo, who, again, much like our, our, our last uh, our last manga is is very much your perfect girl, like you know she's top of her class, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like she has loads of friends, everybody looks up to her. Um, and alongside that, you have her childhood friend, or who we know only as Archan throughout the the story, who is very much the opposite. Like he's a loner, he's self identifies as being a loser basically, and kind of you know sees himself as being on a different kind of uh, a, a different strata entirely to to Suzume and kind of you know, feels that he doesn't really belong in her presence at all, which is kind of unfortunate because she has a, a soft spot for him. Uh, in fact, she confesses her love to him and he just turns her down and says, like, no, like, you don't want to hang out with a loser like me. Like, you could do a lot better, you know, get lost, basically. Um, at which point she does indeed get lost, uh, but then she returns as a giant and kind of, well... Ugly, according to everything, but also kind of adorable in the artwork um, in, in, in its, her own weird way. But as a giant caterpillar, mm. um, basically kind of comes back and says, hey, like, you know, I I made a wish to be just, like, ugly and useless so that I can be like you. And now I can be your girlfriend, right? Um, which you know, is kind of awkward. Um, so Archan kind of, you know, takes Suzume in her caterpillar form in if only because she can't really look after herself anymore, you know, because caterpillars kind of, you know, have trouble doing the washing up and crossing roads and stuff like that. Um, and so he kind of takes her in to look after her. She just becomes more and more kind of clingy and kind of demanding of him. Um, and so the story progresses. And as a starting point, like I, I found kind of the, the concept and the characters here like really interesting it felt like there was a lot that they could do with them uh but i rapidly became kind of frustrated and kind of downright annoyed as this volume went on in terms of how it didn't do anything that i wanted it to mm. and I'm, I'm really interested to hear your take as to whether it was just kind of my expectations being unfair or, or something else entirely because the starters like you know Sizume is kind of potentially really interesting character you know like like i say she's a perfect girl who like everybody looks up to and she basically decides to become the exact opposite of that for for this one guy she decides to become you know completely sort of useless and and ugly as she sees it and the story never really delves into that arc and the exact kind of hows and whys beyond it just being like oh it's just because she likes archan and like it, it kind of one of one of the things I, I guess that kind of came to mind for me throughout reading this 
and again, this is sort of unfair comparison, is kind of stuff like both Flowers of Evil and Inside Mary, like a couple of Shizu Oshimi works where like you have similar kind of characters who, you know, are outwardly seem to be perfect but then kind of decides to kind of, you know, drag themselves into some some kind of crazy situations as a means of escape to that. And th- there's a really good arc to those characters in terms of why they've made those choices, why they want to kind of abandon or subvert their lives in that way. And it, what little you kind of get for Sesame just felt really kind of throwaway in the end in terms of just being like, you know, there, there are literally kind of a few panels that kind of explain her, thinking at the end of the day and then the rest of it just seemed to be very self-centered around the main protagonist around Archan which could in itself have been interesting but I feel like there's very little done with his character either in a weird sort of way like the 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 main kind of thrust of the story isn't really one of his kind of redemption or him learning all that much about himself. Most of it seems to be just about reinforcing that like, oh yeah, like you are as useless as you think you are. So, huh, I guess that's your life then, which kind of, I don't know, felt felt really frustrating to me. I, yeah, I kind of disagree with you on a lot of the premises. Well, not the premises, but not not the reaction. I, I kind of disagree in short, because I think the series like, has a lot more to say um, and also investigates that stuff and comes away, at least to me, by the end. I, get, I think definitely... Oh, sorry, let me start again. I'm trying to answer five things at once. So first and foremost, I don't think your expectations were incorrect um, or what you wanted to hope for see to the hope in the characters. One thing that definitely um, kind of like hobnobs it uh, or sort of sh- or like kind of does the series down is the way it has um, Suzume um, kind of just like revert to being like id based, like who just becomes someone who like, just like a kid almost, which really doesn't help when it's trying to tackle some interesting thorny subjects, like again, self-hatred, like what do you do for yourself? What do you do for others? How do you, should you know, remaking yourself for someone else, even if that is totally not what they want and is really counterproductive you know, expectations, demands, like making, you know, the, the thing has a central core tenant of making wishes come true and oh, maybe you mm, shouldn't do that um, or maybe you shouldn't wish for that. So I think that the series does like kind of stop it, shoot yourself in the foot quite a bit by having Susume not really be a very engaged participant in this discussion, um, but has a third party do it. Um, the one who actually turns Susume into a caterpillar or whatever the hell it is she is. So it kind of hurts in that regard. Like you get a few flashes, but when it comes to crunch time, Suzume is not really a discussing partner in the in in the emotional aspect. Uh, like I'm kind of talking around it very weirdly because I don't want to just splur out the plot points because it is only a one volume series. But I feel like that's one problem with the series. And Archan does have a name, but it's only mentioned by others. Like he really doesn't really pay attention to himself. He's a very externalized person that he doesn't really see other people. He has his own stuff going on and. That's explored in a really weird sort of kind of blindsidey kind of way that feels like the author kind of trying to force the development because it just kind of makes a third party kick the whole thing in the shin and kind of goes off from there. But the main thing is that I kind of enjoyed it in the end, mostly because none of my wishes or what I wanted to see happen came true. And it ends in a really not a it's kind of a dark place but in a very not a a very subverted place but just in a place where like oh bad things happened and they cannot be undone there is a lesson here to learn 
our characters will learn from that. And thank goodness they did, because only even worse things awaited them if they hadn't. But damage has been done. And the last two chapters in particular are a real downer if you're not careful about it, because it's really quite harsh in how it basically says, nope, there's no going back. This cannot be resolved. There is something has been lost here and people will be unhappy. But there is like a message or an undercurrent of, you know, don't don't hate yourself or you know and don't you know don't be brought to hating yourself and do not hate yourself and also don't externalize that onto others you know it's very it's almost chase some of the lessons of evangelion almost but that's what i came away thinking about i still came away feeling very sort of you know teak chewing you know chewing my own cheek going ah i i i enjoyed the way it kind of rampaged it's kind of rummaged around in those areas but at the same time it didn't leave me very happy so it's kind of a weird a weird recommendation but i did like it i feel it went deeper than i was expecting because it's quite as it kind of it gets to a depth and then explores from there and never really carries on down through and pierces through the other end which is probably what's a bit unsatisfying about it does that make sense sandy yeah i I, I think so I, i mean certainly yeah like personally i'm i'm always a fan of like a, a dark quote unquote ending like you know whether it's your end of evangelion or your devil man cry baby or, or whatever like i i'm all for that kind of ending but a series has to earn it and i i felt like this kind of didn't earn it for me um but yeah it very much dependent on kind of like what you got out of the proceeding you know 150 or, or so pages from it but yeah i don't know it's just I, I think I think you're you're kind of right in terms of you know what what it tackles and and kind of you know what what it tries to say and I I think to be honest it, it succeeds with that most in terms of like the basically the, the character that is the wish granter whose name I, I didn't note down stupidly um, because like that character is the one is the one that I kind of okay. glom- yeah that's the one like I, I glommed onto that character as having kind of a, a a good story arc where you kind of at some point you get her backstory of, of, of how she came to to be in the situation that she was and you kind of she actually has kind of she's the one that sort of has the real growth and realization of kind of what she's done and what that means and you know like you say that you know people just because somebody wishes for something doesn't mean that that is a wish that, that should should be granted necessarily like what what people want isn't always what they should have um and and so on and so forth so i, I really liked that character like that was everything around her from the get-go pretty much and kind of you know from her initial attitude onwards was kind of like the standout moments to me but yeah i just felt like i, I never really got anything out of kind of Suzume or, or Archen's kind of their relationship or all their kind of progression as, as individuals. Like it, it felt like for, for all the, the, the things that the story was trying to talk about, that it never really actually managed to say anything particularly substantial about them. If anything, it only seemed to kind of reinforce the problem that those, the problems that those characters have. And then kind of, to me, it, it just felt like it was shrugging them off as like, well, that's just the way you are. So, you know, just, I, uh, just deal with it. Yeah. I, I kind of disagree because I feel like by the end, like even though damage has been done and the characters are in a suboptimal place, they have learned to get over like before the epilogue the epilogue is kind of a nothing which is irritating so i hate it when you have an epilogue that doesn't actually provide closure it just reopened it and it's like oh great thanks for the wound but i feel like the end of it like there is like a hug at the end where you're like ah oh, okay like things are kind of on the other foot they aren't resolved and this still sucks but 
at least you know they have learned they have both learned something have come together even if again it's a real kick in the pants um so i'm not quite sure i'm not quite sure i agree on that bit but as you say i i ogre was a, ogre is a really interesting character the third party i kept mentioning but equally i think like her weird red lines about things don't kind of square with her development and her character like it's they can it kind of butts up against one or the other like it's either her development is being short-circuited by her own pig-headedness or her pig-headedness and history and learned experience is being subverted by her own development so it's, it's this weird thing this weird tug of war where she has some amazing moments and some of the best moments in that series but even her resolution feels really sort of I'm out of ideas i guess we'll resolve this and it's like well that isn't great um there's a lot of very good ideas that as you say don't get fully realized because it's which is a shame because even though it's one volume it feels like it has space to explore that and i don't know i feel like the stuff with archan and his family life and his mother and their relate the, the historical relationship between archan and susume like it all kind of made sense to me by the end of how everyone got into that mess i think a large part of the series is rather than rather than oh you're a caterpillar let's look at how to resolve this which is the initial driver then immediately gets subordinated to how did this happen or you know why did this happen and the particulars thereof so i feel like the series kind of cut short its own motivation and traction because it then falls into a pet which i found interesting myself and that's kind of why i took it and was a bit more perhaps positive on it where i enjoyed the exploration of how they got into this mess but then it's gotten into such a state as a result that there's no way really to resolve things going forward to provide a happy ending yeah. um, or, or, or a more satisfying ending to be more exact. Does that tally? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And I, I think that is kind of why our, our, our feelings diverge on it because yeah, I think you, you enjoyed that stuff. Whereas I felt like it was kind of a, w- without having any kind of resolution and not necessarily a happy ending, but to have some kind of like, you know, more, progressional ending like just felt like it fell flat to me because it, it felt like it kind of went nowhere in the end because it's like if 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 you learn all of your lessons too late then you know it, it's kind of I, I guess I took the glass half empty take on that of like well you know if you've learned your lessons too late then you know there's there's no good has come from this where I think you, you've come at it from the more glass half full angle of like well hey it could have got a heck of a lot worse which is fair and accurate yeah it's, it's more the fact that I feel like at least there was at least the resolute at least the like analysis of their of their feelings leading up to the problem is clear even if like it seems really dark from going forward like especially in you know um uh girl's name girl character susan may susan may thank you jesus I'm really bad with names if that's not obvious already i i like I, yeah it's i yeah i i can't it sounds weird because i'm not really trying to defend it and say oh it's amazing you should read it it's more like this was really interesting I kind of didn't like it, but I feel that I was interested. It kept me interested for the entire run. Um, I feel like, like maybe, maybe I'm giving this too much credit again, but if there was like a second pass on it and it got like, you know, a theatrical short or an OAV, I think this would actually do really well or be at least very interesting. Um, Cause at least it's more interesting and, you know, it's more of an interesting tragic love story than, although I love it dearly, Garden of Words, which, you know, very much ends on the whole, like, I love you, I love you, we can never be together, Pfft, you know, sort of story, which I always get really annoyed at. Um, because, God damn it, what are you doing? Go out with a hot older lady. What are you doing? Come on. Fucking hell, Shinkai. Hey, she, um, she, she had to move and be in your name, so, you know. Oh, shut up. Oh, wait, yeah, she was. Weird. <laughs> God damn it, Shinkai, no, stop it. Don't merge the beams. Um, one thing I'll say is that the art, I it's kind of plain in a way. 
Um, not nothing very special in terms of structure, in terms of like paneling or such, which is a bit dull. Um, it seems it seems slightly amateurish almost at the start, but it it kind of gets its own flair. The main thing that's you know expressive and interesting about the characters is their eyes, which kind of helps because everyone looks really fucking tired the whole time. Um, but no, I, I, the art kind of grew on me as time went on. Yeah, I, I I really like the character designs. I will say, and yeah, I, I think the, the, the eyes have it as as it were. Um, but Andy. yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I did really like the character designs. Like they they all kind of you know they, they worked for what those characters were. Um, there, there, there are some some good little bits of, of slapstick around Sisame early on, kind of just trying to like get a get around as a caterpillar like there's a point where he's just like yeah i'll help you do the cooking and i just like tries to stand up and topples over and that's just like a really good few frames of, of work there because that that did uh, that did make me chuckle um but yeah i i like the character designs i think they they worked quite well like you say the overall art was kind of you know it did everything that it needed to but but never particularly kind of stood out but i i did kind of grow into it a little bit as well so yeah like i i, I kind of liked it in terms of its overall look yeah yeah it's so yeah i at the same time i kind of i fully understand your sort of um dissatisfaction with it if that's the right word is it yeah I yeah fine. i can i can totally get with that i mean hell so i read this like in one sitting um and i was in like a coffee shop that I haven't been to before and I kind of was reading it and got engrossed and at one point the lady one of the ladies who was working there asked me if I was okay because I'd taken a grand total of one bite out of my cake and left it because I was too busy reading and I was like oh no no it's fine it's fine it's fine but also like after I finished I kind of had to sit down for like 20 minutes just to kind of process my feelings on it because you know it 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 won't leave you indifferent but at the same time I was like do I hate this no but I don't like it as such like what is this you know it's it certainly left me enough to chew over yeah I, I mean that is that is certainly something I, I will absolutely say kind of in it, in its defense is it will make you feel something like you know there are, there are so many series that I could I could say that just kind of like leave you indifferent either way like yeah I I kind of had the weird opposite reaction because I was kind of frustrated by it that I ended up just kind of like stomping around doing stuff around the house while I was thinking about it. But that's still in its own way, like a positive that I had things to think about when I got to the end of it. And, you know, I think no matter which side of it you come down on, and I think it will be a very personal thing. And it'd be really interesting if people have read this or are going to go on to read it to like hear what they think moving oh, forward. Totally. So feel free to, to tweet at us or whatever. Um, but it, it is something that, that, evokes a response and sometimes like that is actually the biggest praise of all like because there's nothing worse than something that you read and just go like ah yeah okay and then just like carry on with your day like if something leaves you thinking about it whether it's kind of fuming or stewing over it or just like contemplating it that's probably a good sign in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah totally i'm i can agree with that i didn't quite stomp around but i had to like you know lug a bunch of stuff home so that was get me interested at least while i was pack mulling stuff um but yeah it's i'd yeah i'd love to hear what people think about this if they've read it um how they feel it all goes but uh, I, I was I, I was about to say, so i have a metaphor because you know what i'm like for these terrible things but i just kind of kind of crystallized my feelings on it is like the series, okay. You know what chocolate milk chocolate Brazil is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine one of those. This series is this this manga is a milk chocolate Brazil, except the Brazil in the middle is actually not a Brazil. It's just a hard walnut, and you can't break it with your teeth. And so you get all the delicious chocolate off, and it doesn't take you very long. And then you're just like gumming a big old honking walnut, and you can't crack the damn thing. And so you're basically done. So that's the basic problem of it. 
Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's yeah. You can't break the shell. You can't get into it. You're not quite sure what remains. What if it's going to be any good when you do that? But anyway, sorry. Extended metaphor over. I better stop now before I try and merge it with another metaphor, which is somewhere <laughs> sat alongside. But you get that's that's my feeling on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think I think that is fair as well. It's just like there are kind of you know positives and negatives to it, and it, it really comes down to which bits you enjoy devouring and which bits you don't. I, I think is uh, you know it, it's actually nice because it's it's pretty rare for us to have sort of divergent takes on on uh, on something. So I'm kind of I'm kind of glad I managed to find something that that we both have a, a different opinion of. Yeah, I mean, one, as I say, like the one thing I found perhaps more interesting was the the thing with Archan's mother. And man, that's a that's a friggin' blighted um, plot subplot if there ever was one. Um, I, even okay, so one slight thing I want to mention that maybe this is me being mean, but it basically takes the whole crossed out faces thing from a silent voice. And I have, of course, no evidence whether the author just lifted it out of a silent voice. But when it turns up at kind of the exact same moment and is resolved in about 20 pages later in kind of the exact same way, but then is unresolved because it turns out that wasn't actually fixed. I was like, Hey, wait, what, what do you know? Don't just steal this. Or even if you're not like this, this feels misapplied. And you're kind of spending a lot of page time like doing something that's kind of by the by so yeah yeah i mean i i definitely i i kind of straight away i had the same thought of like oh you're doing the silent voice thing like i mean i like that in the silent voice so i guess that's cool and there's like ah but point doing it as but well equally, so. it's, but equally the reason why it's good in silent voice is because it's done really well and like i don't know i've only ever i've I read the man i read the one shot manga and i read i've watched the movie very good movie that um when that pops up you're like oh shit and then when it when it resolves you know it's like you know it's like being it's like removing a very very hot and stuffy jumper it's just oh you know it's relief whereas in this series it's like oh you're doing that i guess uh yeah. okay you're done yeah well especially when it's based around a character who is already like you say very internalized and very much kind of in his own head it's like surely this has been the case more or less from from kind of day one anyway it's really weird that that kind of kicks in at some point kind of late in in the series it's like it feels like that should almost be a starting point for it not something that suddenly kind of crops up later on yeah yeah it's it, it, it's a weird combo but yeah so either way um caterpillar girl and bad texter boy it also one thing there's not a single text message in this series like yeah i was i, I was also like when, when you re-mentioned the title just i i realized yeah the one glaring thing that i hadn't mentioned is like yeah i don't think he sends well i guess that's why he's a bad texter boy because he doesn't text anyone maybe that's the whole thing i don't know i guess just <laughs> texting is now hot i mean hell look at magdashin guy blah 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 um so yeah given that 99 percent of all plot development is done through text messaging in those movies um i'm just being mean now god <laughs> um but yeah that's um cat Bella girl and bad texter boy again if you if you've read this um feel free to get in touch with us on twitter at um, screen tone club or through email to show at screentone.club because i would legit be really interested in seeing what people think about this and we'll read out your messages on the show so um what are we talking about next time will we fight again me and andy um so um first and foremost um i have picked i'm gonna mispronounce this um, is Kichi Joji the only place to live? Which has a really hilarious picture of the main two characters in a swambo on the cover. So that's kind of why I picked it. And then someone said, oh, it's about the horrors of buying a place. And I'm like, yeah, right there with you. <laughs> so, and how about you, Andy? 
Uh, yeah, well, for starters, I'll say I'm, I'm really glad you made that pick because that's kind of been like floating around my, I should pick this sometime because it looks kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, my pick is uh, Akka Volume 1, which uh, is a series, uh, when I was writing my top 10 anime of 2017, which is two years ago now, um, a lot of people got on my back because I didn't mention Akka because it, it was great. Um, and the reason I never mentioned it was because I watched an episode of it and thought, this seems really, really interesting, but I feel like I'd probably enjoy it more in its original manga form. And then I never kind of like followed through on that thought to actually read the manga. And having forgotten about it multiple times between then and now, I, I suddenly realized this is my chance. Like 2019 is the year where I will start reading Akka and see if it is as good as uh, people say. Yeah, I, I I remember when I was starting to get off the anime wagon, I was like, I should watch Akka. And then, nope, of course I didn't. Um, although saying that, um, this is also the, per- the words of a person who has, despite quote unquote being off anime, um, has started watching Legend of Galactic Heroes at last. <laughs> and I'm now in episode 25. How the fuck did that happen? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that short, short anime, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It feels short because it goes, man. Like if you're, if you're doing what I'm doing and playing with like, you know, assembling models and filing down the edges, you can take up all the hours of the day watching Legend of Galactic Heroes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it moves. Um, and never in a happy way. Um, but anyway, so thank you very much for listening. This has been your first um, show of 319. Um, as mentioned, next episode in two weeks. Uh, if you are a Patreon um, donate, if you are a Patreon member, remember to get your vote in for our bonus episode this month. Um, and I think I put a message in the message you received with the closing date. Um, you can find the website and the other podcasts at screentone.club. If you do like the podcast, feel free to tell a friend. That stuff really, really helps with discoverability, blah, blah, blah. Um, my name is Elliot Page, and you can find me at Elliot Page on Twitter. Um, more cat pictures. Um, they're being right gits, so lots of cat pictures of cats, cats misbehaving. And how about you, Andy? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Hammers1979. Cool. So thank you very much, everyone, and uh, happy 2019. Although... We live in a 2019 where it's a, there is officially a sequel animator handshakers. So 2019 is a write-off already. Let's just get on the lifeboat and get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a start as you mean to go on, as they say. Goddamn. Go hands. What the hell? Anyway, good night, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.